Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Praise the Lord. All right, so now let's clap our hands properly. Thank you, Jesus. Great things are in the offering. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 31. In Ephesians 5, 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Praise the Lord. Uh, talking about family life this morning. It's a month for covenant. And so we are first going to be dealing with a covenant of marriage. Praise the Lord. So covenant of marriage. And uh, this morning I'm talking about honor and marriage. Key to a lasting marriage. Beautiful. And you can now subtitle, the first title as a subtitle, Anna and Marriage. It's powerful. It's a cosmopolitan church. First of all, let's deal with the fundamentals. In the Garden of Eden, one of the things that God sought to do for the man was to give him a marital, or if you like, a conjugal relationship. So, it looks like it didn't come or start right from the beginning, but it was there in the beginning when God created man out of the rib, woman out of the rib of the man, and then the man became exceptionally very happy. So <laughs> marriage, <laughs> the, the first instance of marriage is joy, is what? Is joy. Anything that doesn't have a resemblance of that can create a problem. When the man saw the woman, when he woke up from his sleep, he said, wow. You see, the marriage will first wow your heart. There's a wow feeling about it. Say, wow. Just the appearance of it. Say, wow. This is the bone of my bone. And the flesh of my flesh. And then the, the man gave the woman a nickname. Yeah. Eve. Yeah, yes. I don't think it's God who named the woman. It's the man who said, you shall be called Eve. Yeah, like somebody say, you are my pumpkin. They, people have used words here. People have used sexy chocolate. People have used very serious words. 
Brother, brother, I don't like your posture this morning. Like the way you are sitting there like a statue. You, you, it's, it's a sign of carnality. That we are talking about this. You are behaving as if you are not hearing. What, and you are not showing any emotions. It's like, but also, so there is a wow effect about marriage, about relationship. If that wow effect is not there, at least in the early stages, you have to pray very hard. And I have to um, say that marriage is to be enjoyed and not to be endured. Now, even though we will endure some things together, the primary purpose of marriage is for us to have good labor, good reward for our labor, you know, as a couple in every area. And normally when we talk about good reward for our labor, we are talking about building houses together, doing businesses together. That's not so. You have to, first of all, the Bible said the man will leave and cleave. So in, in, in that, um, expressing good reward in living and cleaving, there must be not only physical living, of the man and the woman, of people they used to have a certain level of relationship with, but there must also be a psychological living, an emotional living. Are you here now? A financial living of some sort. Yes. So that you will cleave. If you don't live clean, it's difficult to cleave clean. You see that some people have left, but they have not left. <laughs> some things are still hanging. Some people, they live physically, but they don't live psychologically. They don't live emotionally. Some people don't live, you know, in other ramifications. But you need to. Yesterday, I received a message from a lady who's married with two kids. He married a foolish man. The guy... Right from the beginning, the mother said, the mother of the guy said he will make the lady have pain in the marriage and left me alone that she didn't have married. But the girl thought she was in love enough that her love could conquer the mountain of the mother-in-law. Now, after four or five years of marriage, um, the guy has been very, very distant and misbehaving for and they've not lived for a while for a long time the guy lives with the mom cooks the mom's cooks for him washes for him and uh he runs errands for the mother so the lady's father has come all the way from uk just this week to try and dissolve the marriage uh, it's like i told you so kind of thing i'm going to make a statement here that love is just the foundation of a godly relationship just Put that just there in capital letters. That you think you love somebody is great for the foundation. For what? The foundation of a godly relationship or any relationship or if you like for the foundation of marriage. Just the foundation. Not 
the finishing, not the completion. Love is for the foundation. It's for what? Talk to me now. You have to talk to me this morning. So love is what is needed for you to start a relationship with someone. So you see that in a marriage, when two people love themselves, if love is what is going to take you all the way to the end, there wouldn't be anything like divorce. But there, there is massive divorce in, in the world today. Even though people love themselves. And actually people who even love themselves divorce. Some people divorce and they are so civil to one another that they, they are best friends in divorce. But they can't stay married. How is that possible? <laughs> yeah. So, people, it, it doesn't take lovers to stay married. Even though it takes love to start the foundation or the beginning of a relationship that should lead to marriage or any kind of relationship that is a serious one. Love should be the foundation of it. You see that some people are scratching their head. <laughs> so, Pastor, what are you saying? <laughs> Does it take money to stay married? No, you are going to hear something. By the grace of God, I've not been married for too long. It's just 12 years. 12 years, God has shown us mercy with four children. And in these 12 years... I'm giving you our marital credentials. <laughs> In these 12 years, I have not raised my finger on my wife and she has not slapped me yet. In these 12 years, I have not raised my voice on my wife, your co-pastor. You can ask her any day, even if she's asleep. Wake her up, ask her. She say no. In these 12 years, we have not insulted ourselves. You are a foolish man. Look at your face. <laughs> it has not happened. And I pray to God that it never happens. In these 12 years, we have lived together from day one. We have slept in the same room from day one. Slept on the same bed for day one. Never slept in any separate room or any separate bed for any reason. If I slept at the hall because I was watching television and morning caught me. It was maybe either boxing or some football or something. But not because we are at loggerheads and somebody entered into one demonic room and another was in an angelic room. No, it's very demonic. That you even have separate rooms in the house. That someone calls, this is my bedroom. That is my bedroom. It's very demonic. It's not modernity. You are practicing satanism. Yes. That is what God has put together. Only Satan must put us. I'm saying you are practicing satanism. You are a satanist. Allowing Satan to separate you. Brother, are you listening to what I'm saying? It's powerful. Yeah. These people used to have crisis before, and this man used to sleep. He would run and go and sleep in one room like that. 
that's yeah, eh? you say you were praying and you just vanished. That's when your head was not right. Yeah, but when his head came to Christ, he never. I mean, he's there. He's there now. That room is occupied by some foolish boys. I know in the church who are living with them and all of that. Yes, that's their place. Why is your face like I'm? I've not started to preach, you know. You better come around, or else it will be too hot here. <laughs> Those of you who have an extra room mentality in your marriage, it, it has to change. You can imagine that when it comes to marriage, Christ likens himself, his relationship with us and the church, he likens it to marriage. So you can imagine Christ living in a physical heaven and man living in a physical earth. God did not even allow that. He, he, he has pushed himself to live in us so that the marriage is always ongoing. That's why he's living in our heart. He's not living in some physical, uh, supernatural heaven be somewhere. He's living in the Holy Spirit. Is living inside us because the two shall be one. Are you here now? I'm, I'm casting out demons. You need to answer me. Are you here? Yes. It shouldn't be that when you are having an architect design your house, you say, oh, this is my, this is our master bedroom, but this is my personal bedroom, and this is your personal bedroom. No, that is not a hotel. That's foolishness. If you're already doing it, you have to change. <laughs> you have to, it's not wisdom. You are suffering from issues of wisdom. So love can only give you the foundation of a godly marriage. In the long run, the question is, what sustains marriage? I know you have been waiting for that answer. You can't wait. I'm going to give you one of the keys. In the long run, Anna sustains marriage than the initial love that draws a couple together. What, what word did I mention? Okay, since we are in Africa, let me mention it so that somebody would not say that he didn't understand the word I mentioned. I'm saying that in the short run, love can pull two people together. But in the long run, what will sustain that marriage is honor. Is what? Honor. Anna is one of the keys that will give two people who love themselves a lasting marriage. And why is it important or why is Anna vital in marriage? The scripture we read, it says that husbands should love their wives. The same way Christ loved the church. 31, he said, on this foundation... The man will live and cleave. In this same chapter, we see that wives should submit. It's also part of making the marriage work. But the question that maybe I, when I was coming, I was thinking I wanted to pose is that, did God really create a marriage that someone will have an advantage in marriage? The way we are very masculine in Africa, even in the church in Africa, and like when we are talking about marriage, it's like we are talking about the women. Submit, submit, submit. Question I want to ask is, 
Have you also read in the Bible when the Bible says submit one to another? That the submission was not the, the, the only duty, the duty of the woman alone. Because if you don't frame it well, we can become very ambiguous. Let me say it well with my mind very clear. Submission <laughs> is not a duty that is reserved for the born woman in a marriage. Because this days, you know, when we are talking about marriage, we have to stress that there are people who are born men with a penis, born with a penis. And people who are born women with a vagina, those are the people we are talking about. Not any other thing. Yes. I'm saying that the submission is not the sole duty of the person who was born woman. Bible says submitting one to another. The same way loving a partner is not the sole duty of the one who was born a man. Are you here at all? Or it's only a man who, lo- who should love in a marriage. Does that make sense that only a woman should submit in marriage? That's not, God did not create marriage to give anybody an advantage. The man should not have more advantage than the woman. And the woman should not have more advantage than the man. If it is so, it's not marriage, it's contract. It's a deal that someone has been able to negotiate better terms for him or herself. And indeed, you see some relationships like that where the woman has more advantage than the man or the man has more advantage than the woman. And that is not marriage. From God's perspective, at least. That should be some kind of a business transaction going on right there with a good person who knows how to negotiate for better terms. But (laughs) the marriage God instituted must not give anybody an advantage over the other. Are you here? I'm taking my time. Should I take my time? You need to respond to me or I'll end the message right now. Why is Anna vital in a relationship? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 and 2. Very quickly. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. Beautiful scripture. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Three, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on earth. So here I put together... Three important reasons why Anna is vital in every relationship. You see that basically the scripture is talking about a relationship. Children, Anna, your parent. Is there no relationship there? It's a relationship there. So what really governs a relationship should be love at the foundation and Anna... Creating that longevity. So the first thing Anna would do is that Anna releases the blessing in every proper relationship. Children, Anna, your parents in the Lord. So the element of Anna releases the blessing in every proper relationship. 
If you had it, say I had it. Number two, it says that when you do this, verse three, that it may be well with thee and that your days will be long on earth. So the second reason why Anna is necessary and important in a relationship is that Anna determines wellness in a relationship. It determines the success of a relationship. Are you here at all? I hope no one is missing. Number three, Anna also fuels longevity in a relationship. If a relationship will last, it must be built on this cardinal principle of Anna. And uh, we talk about love being the foundation. Of course, sometimes you don't even see the love of someone. You only see the love of someone when the person appreciates you or honors you. Like as we are sitting here, we say the love is the foundation of a relationship. How many of you have seen the foundation of this building before? The house you live in. Have you seen the foundation before? Were you there? You live in the room. All you see is the walls and the beautiful decoration of the, the facade of the, of the building. The appearance, the outlook of the building. You, you mostly don't see the foundation of a building. Except you are fortunate to be there at the beginning. That's why it's, it is the love being the foundation is for the beginning. It's for the foundation. But the, even though we see the, the building emerge in its finality, the foundation is important. Because if the foundation is not right, the building will suffer. True or false? But I'm saying that if you hold this foundation, solid foundation, constant, which every proper relationship should have, the beauty of a building, the functionality of a building is also in the finishing. Whether you can live in the room and be comfortable with ventilation, we are looking at the finishing. Whether the building will be beautiful for you to be proud about, we don't see the foundation. It's very messy and very costly if you have built before. But you see that the finishing, when they say a building is beautiful, they are not talking about the foundation. They are talking about the finishing. I'm saying that love can draw the two of you together. But what makes that relationship beautiful, desirable, attractive, the functional is the honor. Is what you do beyond the foundation. So you see that two people get together, they love themselves, but they don't, they don't work at anything thereafter. And they say, but you know, I love you. No, that love is a foolish love. It's a bogus love. <laughs> it's like you're talking about the, the cornerstone at the foundation that we can't see again. Yes, and mostly if you have married for a while, you realize that the love you started a relationship with, you don't see it as time goes on. But it's still there. We don't talk about it. It's, it's there, it's there. It's alive, but it's not pronounced. Are you here? Why is your face like that? Are you talking the message or the message? 
So you see that they say, oh, that building is big. It's a glass house. Glass and quan. That's a finishing. <laughs> hey. I'm preaching. <laughs> it's a finishing. If a marriage will survive, a lot has to go into the treatment of the partners. How you treat yourselves beyond the love you professors. If you say you love me and you scream on me, I don't see love. If you say you love me and you slap me, I don't see love. Are you here now? Yes. If you say you love me and you don't give me, that's what we are talking about, Anna. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says that Anna the Lord with your what? Substance. So, Anna gives, that's why you say you love me, it has to be expressed in honoring me. Being generous towards me, materially, emotionally, and all of that. Are you here? I I want to be sure of the audience I'm speaking to. Yes. Because as I'm talking right now, somebody is negotiating a relationship with someone, and all that you are concerned about is that, but I love him. You are a fool. Because, but I love him only takes you to the market. It doesn't create soup. It can just buy the ingredient. But it takes technique, skill, art, art of making steel to be able to put together the various ingredient to create something. And I'm saying that the longevity of your marriage is at the mercy of the honor you dove out and you receive from your partner. Are you here at all? That's what we are talking about here. So there are people here that we are not able to counsel because they say, Pastor, but I love him. He ain't love you. And if he loved you, you see, in, in mathematics, we have courses, you see, they say 101, even economics, and all of them, they say 101, these are basics. Then when you are going forward, they will now tell you advanced calculus. Are, are you listening? It's not Eco 101. It's, we have something we call advanced economics. Yes, advanced statistics. That's a, the, you see that your body mass is at a basic level of calculation. But when we are entering into deeper waters, you need advanced ingredient to be able to balance equations, to understand things higher. I remember in an economics class when we were doing something like um, <laughs> advanced economics, and then they bring public finance, and they bring, (laughs) when they start bringing those things, you see that some people start collapsing. Because you are talking about macro stuff, macroeconomics, 
and you are you are calculating a basket full of this and that and that and people are always getting it wrong because they forget about the depreciation factor and then you see gross net and you see people confused boys will be crying because we are in an advanced lecture are you here come on now are you sure you are here I'm saying that love is 101. When ma- if marriage has to last, the advanced lecture will start adding to love. Faith would have to be added to love. Are you here? Anna, <laughs> Anna must be added to the equation that you are making the soup. When I was young, I was just telling one day, mommy was just telling a pastor last Sunday that one day she called me and then he said, am I coming? I said, yes, I'm very hungry. He said, oh, she has made a nice food. Pa. He said, um, cassava and some uh, pepper. He said, will I like to eat? I vehemently rejected it. And she has never seen me like that. I eat anything and everything in my house. I don't, I don't have preference for anything. And I'm not allergic to that food. But that day when he, she said, I've made some nice cassava and this and will you eat? Ah, it's like something came upon me. <laughs> Vehemently, aggressively, I said, no, I don't want to hear about it. What is it? <laughs> so when I go home, she never asked about why. It's only last Sunday. We're talking with one pastor like that in my office. And she said, oh, some time ago, she made a food like that. I said, do you know why I rejected it? When you ask me, and I remembered when I was young, how we used to be poor. I used to chew pepper, live pepper with salt and, and cassava. You, in, my, in my blessedness, you are bringing this thing again. God forbid. Don't bring this thing here. We are past that level. Hey, you want to send me back to Egypt? <laughs> I can't go back. No, 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 no. Say anything. Don't bring that cassava. This thing here. It doesn't matter how nice it is. It's not for today. So we have said that Anna will release the blessing. Anna will determine the wellness, and Anna will determine the longevity of a relationship. Is that correct? Now, when people think of playing games or being smarter in a relationship, they are actually emotionally unintelligent, amateur, and dishonorable. Because some people are in a relationship with you and they do things and they feel like they are playing games or they are smarter. But they are actually emotionally unintelligent. They are mature. People who are mature in a relationship, they don't play games. They don't think I'm smarter. They are open. You can see them like crystal clear. Transparent. And in your game playing, you begin to dishonor your partner. That's why you see that you are chatting somebody in a particular way. You think you are playing games, but it goes to dishonor that partner that you are in with. You have to look at me. 
don't don't tilt your neck as if you are sleeping. This is not a hotel. <laughs> this morning I'm here, pa. Because on that third October morning, I was there around, around. Very clear. I'm not Jacob. I wanted to marry the woman I, I had chosen to marry. My eyes were clearly open. Every third October, my eyes are open. Even if I'm under anesthesia, my eyes are open. So when people think of playing games, they are not intelligent, you know. And undergirding cheating, undergirding cheating, obscure attitudes and negative emotional displays is a lack of emotional maturity and dishonor for our spouses. See that when people cheat, it's game for them. When you want to be fast, you know, obscure attitude, negative emotional displays, screaming, shouting, misbehaving. And getting all of that is that emotional immaturity and dishonor for your spouse. It's dishonor for your spouse. That will make you cheat. It's not, it's just dishonor for your spouse and dishonor for God. First of all, it's dishonor for God. Then for your spouse, if you are married. Are you here? Come on now. Distance is not the reason why you cheat. (laughs) If you have honor. Obscure attitudes. Negative expression of emotions. You can't say that this is how I am. This is how I am. No. You are dishonoring because... Do you know that the same condition that is making you tip off this particular moment, you even encounter worse than that in your workplace and then you don't tip off. You don't manifest. Like the way you are manifesting now. You talk anyhow. You swear. And you use the F word. And all kinds of words on your partner, regardless of where you are standing. But you encounter worse than that with other people. Sometimes with your secretary. Who doesn't even know how to brush her teeth. And you refuse to manifest those emotions. The reason why you are different there from how you are operating here is because you dishonor the one here. And you seem to honor outsiders than insiders. It's not because this is how I am. If that's how you are, you will manifest anywhere and everywhere. The same thing. Yes. That you don't sit to talk with your wife in the house. It's very dishonoring. Because you're able to make a long chat with your secretary and other girlfriends. You don't have sex with everybody. You make a long chat with them. Some of them ask more stupid questions than your wife asks. You come home and you are mute. And so when your wife sees that you are, you make your bill come and she sees you on the phone. Sees you talking to other people, offering all the solutions in the world. You are like Mr. Solution. And Mr. You know, Mr. Lover Man. You are so caring, lovely. So when your wife goes into a public space with you, people are even envying her that, wow, you have a, such a wonderful husband. That's a fool right there. 
The fool is the one who gives the purity of their substance to strangers. That's what the Bible said. Don't give your strength to strange women. And they give the baller to the people who care for them. In the, on the inside. I don't know if I'm preaching. What now you say? When someone says they love you, check their honor quotient. What's their honor code? You can see it in many things. How they fight taxi drivers on the road. What they say to them. <laughs> you can see it. So you see that. And the getting the cheating is the Zana. Oh, my wife no bad there. there no that's that's dishonoring. That's what makes people misbehave like that. I need to run now because <laughs> people want to hear this forever, but I've got time to work on this. Are you here at all? The truth is that love stops to function. Obviously, it ceases to grow at a point when dishonor kicks into a relationship. So you will see that Love stops to function, it stops to grow at the point where the party begins to feel like I'm being dishonored. You see that people start closing up. People start not giving off their best because when they do that, it backfires on them. And so you see that where dishonor starts, that's where love stops. And so two people can be living and they are just flatmate or roommate or bedmate. But they are not lovers. Because there is no honor in the relationship. When someone honors you, you give yourself wholly to the person. You can climb mountains and cross oceans when you are you are sure of the love and honor a partner has for you. But if they don't honor you, no matter how much you love them, you start negotiating out of love. That's how, even though the Bible says love doesn't fade, you see that the love you started a relationship with Start fading when issues start getting in there that are unresolved. So you see that when someone keeps lying to you, lying to you, lying to you, the same person that you loved and wanted to elope with, to dishonor your parent and go and marry him in somewhere in the Amazon, you are able to buy a one-way ticket to Ghana again. Without even telling the person I'm going. Because the lies have been too much. So you you the love doesn't function again. The love doesn't go at the two and so am I preaching here? Yes. Young lady, listen to me very carefully. A guy can be attracted to you because of the shape of your breast. Yes, there are guys here I know. Who even when they are praying and they see the buttocks of a lady, 
they will be praying in tongues, but their mind will also be calculating. They just love flesh. They love it. One day, one brother told me, he said, Ah, but sister, I don't know, Bumpo, you're shaking the I'm saying, Fahombay. Oh, Bumpay, you're shaking. Oh, you're shaking, Fahombay. Yes. What is your business? Grandmother told me, he said, Daddy, meat is good. I said, wow. Brother, go for it. Some people have protein deficiency. Love will stop to function. You see that? You are starting to think twice. Because the person is lying to you. is doing that. is doing that. is dishonoring you. So you see that you are checking out. Gradually, you'll be checking out. Are you here? Oh, boy. So, you, you may start and say, oh, we love ourselves. What, what happened to our love? This honor happened to our love. It's the same with church. How you relate with people. How you relate with your leaders. How leaders relate to followers. And all of that. When there is this honor. When there is this honor. And I, one of the things I don't really like as a pastor or a leader is when you have a challenge that is temporal and you, you talk too much about it in a poisonous way and then later on find out that the solution is very small because you just need a clarity. But you may have, it's like when you blast a propaganda and then you have to do a rejoinder. The rejoinder is very small and we don't even see the effect of that rejoinder. But you may have ended up just putting too much in the minds of people to influence their attitude towards leadership and people, that when you got the clarity, they didn't have the opportunity to get the same clarity. And in this church, for instance, the leadership has been very open to everybody. So if you don't understand, go to your manager, go to your leader, go to your pastor. You can even stop me at the gate. Pastor, I don't understand this thing. Can you explain to me? I will explain. Nothing. Because when I close from church, I go home. I don't follow anybody. I have nothing to lose. The church belongs to Christ. But if you know, and and church, then you come and that is not what we were thinking. Then you see that you have just spoiled somebody's life. So I I see that very dishonorable. For instance, I'm just going to break this thing down to you. The reason why you don't have to talk so negatively when you don't understand some things is that it's like when you are home with your husband and uh, she says, okay, um, the Maria used to have a dream that she must go to Dubai. It was her big dream. It's no longer her biggest dream again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling you. You think I'm telling Kokwanan's story, but when we close, you can ask her. Very true. So... <laughs> The husband had to, in fact, ready. So now, assuming the husband was going to sponsor that trip, right? And then, a land, some half plot to be appeared at American house area. And then, let's say the trip is supposed to cost like, let's say $5,000. And then, 
the, the half plot. Ordinarily, uh, one plot in East Legon will cost you like maybe $300,000, $400,000, something like that. And then somebody said, he's selling it for $50,000 or $20,000 because and then the husband comes and says, Charlie, let's go and buy this land. Hey, Dubai is inside that money. Then Maria didn't say anything to the husband about her displeasure and why you are canceling my Dubai trip and all of that, blah, 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 blah. And the husband went and then she now picked a phone and called the sister, her own sister, started crying. What kind of a man have I married? Do you think this is fair? Do you, do you think this, is, I should be living, no, I want to leave this marriage. Then maybe, or oh, what do you think? And then the sister says, oh, Maria, and then, and then, and then she now called, okay, thank you for, and then she called the mother, and then she called the best friend, and then, the, meanwhile, all this while, the husband has been very open in planning with her, with every case and all of that. Oh, so now the man is walking and people are feeling that there's a monster coming. <laughs> Meanwhile, his motive was that, look, let's ensure that we have secured our livelihood in the future. And even though you didn't understand this, you still had the opportunity to sit with my husband and my husband. This 5K you are taking from my Dubai trip in there. I don't understand. Can you tell me why I should put my trip on hold? You never ask that. Even though she has never barred you, he has never barred you from making conversation. He doesn't scream on you when you tell your mind. Nothing of that. So then, on and I'm not titty. On and I'm not titty. Say, the pop no, 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 no. But you just go and change change five thousand kekko. Remember my trip, no? And also to say, wait, wait, you know, and like that. So he now hears it, and then he becomes hardened in the heart. Eh? Okay. Some know to what church the munti na u Jimmy saano. She say ano. He would just make the decision. Pam. And he says, I bought a land there. Um, we are going to build there. Um. I, I said, this, you know, before they, she used to build consensus with you. But in your foolishness, you see that all that consensus is put in the dustbin. Because you have decided that you won't grow. You won't grow. So now he has become a commander, an army general in the home. That's what happens. So when you have access, like I said, when you have the stage, it makes sense. Yeah, when you have access, discuss. Whether it's your wife, it's your husband, ask. Do you understand? You will get it from their perspective. If they are genuine, you will know. If they are not genuine, you will know because you too, you have a sense. But when you start bringing in third party, fourth party, fifth party, sixth party, then the person feels very designed. Why is he designed? What, what barrier did I put before you? From asking of this clarity from me. Can your best friend give you the best clarity from my mind? So you have taken our matter out. In a, in a wrong way. 
How many church in which there was a mentee here? I don't see another level. But you know that that opportunity doesn't even appear for your partner. Hey, are you here? I don't know. Am I preaching? Marriage will not last because you pray in tongues. Oh. <laughs> Some unbelievers they marry well, pa, and they don't have Jesus. They understand what I'm telling you in church. And nobody told them in church because they don't even go to church. As you are singing here, somebody can love you, your moves. I love the lady. She has a sweet spirit. But you find out that the sweet spirit the person loves about you is not what sustains a marriage. When the two of you are in that coop of a marriage, then you have to manifest the honor. You have to manifest what? Come on now, talk to me. What do you have to manifest? Beautiful. So, Anna is the fuel of wellness and longevity in marriage. A key dynamic of Anna in a relationship is that it is reciprocal. <laughs> a key dynamic of Anna in a relationship is that Anna is reciprocal. There is reciprocity when it comes to Anna. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 30, the Bible says very clearly that the Lord had promised Eli and his house that they will be priests forever. But when some things went on, God came and said, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be what? Lightly esteemed. Beautiful. Can we read the NLT? NLT. Nice. Therefore the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promise. Say I promised. Talk to me. Say, I promised. Let the volume go up. Say, I promised. Yeah, he said, I promised that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priest. But I will honor those who honor me and I will despise those who think lightly of me. So here we see that the Lord had promised the priesthood will be there forever. You and your children, this side of the tribe, they'll blah, 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 blah. But when the sons of Eli started sleeping with women, eating the part of the sacrifice that was just reserved for the Lord, they put their hand into what they were not supposed to put their hand in. And God felt very dishonored. And so, even though the Lord had promised, and I mean, imagine God promising and Turning around to say that. So in marriage, one person can carry more burden of love than the other. But the fire extinguisher is the sana. <laughs> you see that a marriage can be there and maybe the woman loves the man more than the man loves the woman. No problem. Or the man loves the woman more than the woman does. No problem. Once there is some love there. The marriage can, can, can proceed. Are you here? Obviously, God and man. God loved them more than they loved God. 
God loved Eli and the tribe more than they loved God. But the relationship was okay until. So I'm saying that there can be that lopsidedness of love. We can still be moving. But there will be the fire extinguishers when we start dishonoring. That's when the fire of love can quench. Are you here? Are you sure you are here? Yeah. So, do you see that dishonor alters firm promises and value systems of even the strongest parties involved in a relationship. God who is strong, who had promised, he altered his promise. God refused to honor his side of the promise and that is very rare. Because dishonor came into the equation, God decided that I'm altering the firm promise. I said, I love you. Nico, I love you. I will give myself to you. I will do this. I will do that. But once the sun comes in, you see that people start changing the promise. People start, are you here at all? <laughs> people start, people start even changing their value system. I mean, this is God who said, I'm not a man that I should lie. He just changed it. People's value systems can change. They can change their mind. They can change, they can change whatever the promise is, whatever you think it is. When you start dishonoring them in marriage, in a relationship, it won't last. You see that the thing has become some way. It is this dishonor that will sometimes allow God to make an enemy come and take his children into captivity. Yes. And that's, that can happen in a marriage. Yeah. When this honor sets into marriage, people lose their principles, their definitions, their values, and their direction. Yeah. When this honor sets in, the principles that govern people, oh, he's a holy man. He's a godly man. They lose it. <laughs> they lose it. They lose it. They lose their definition of, this is my wife, this is my husband. They lose it. They lose you at the apple of my eye. Yeah. They lose you are the only mosquito in my net. The stronger the bite, the more I feel it. They lose it. The only fish in my soup, even malaria, I love it. I love the, your malaria. They lose the definition of it. Is this also a wife? Is this a husband? They lose because you dishonored them. When this honor continues, people become hardened. They become what? Hardened. And you see that they lose their values and they lose their direction. You see that somebody is in the home because of the children. It's not in the marriage for you. It's not giving him or herself to you. It's just there because it's there. And one day we just rise up and will not be there. Yes. Because people don't stay where they are designed. People don't stay in an environment where they are designed. And over the years, pastors have taught that it's only men who deserve respect. Who need respect. No. It's not true. It's not true. If you dishonor a woman, she will leave. You dishonor a man, he will leave. By the way, let me tell you what made men men before. Women have even taken over. Yes. 
Before that, that a man was a breadwinner. That was the power of a man. When it's what to More women are paying rent, school fees. When they are separated, the man will say, I will pay the school fees. You take care of the um, daily provision. No? Because on his own, and that's where the higher expenditure is. A man must be honored. A woman must be honored. A woman must not be less honored or dishonored. And a man, nobody functions well where they are dishonored. Nobody. The clapping to is free. If you came to a church with a man who said he will marry you and he's not clapping at this point in time, it's a sign. It's a clear sign. That he's not happy. That the message is saying that women must also be honored for them to function well. When you hear preaching, preaching, you know, the greatest need of a man is respect. That's not the greatest need of a man. It's the greatest need of every human being. Every human being deserves some level of respect. Anna. Because a relationship will not work when one person has the right for respect and the right to dishonor the other. So you have dual right. One to receive honor and one to dish out this honor. God didn't create marriage to give anybody an advantage. No one is God's favorite in a marriage. We are all children of God, bought by the same blood. Are you here at all? I'm talking to the guys here because I'm also a guy. Do you think I'm a girl? I'm saying that what your father told you before you entered the marriage is foolishness. What the Bible is telling you is what you must be listening to. Some of you, even your mother told you. Opposite of what I am telling you. And that is why your life is useless. Yes, and no woman will be able to stay with you. Because in your mind, the whole world belongs to you and everybody must come and bow to you. And you don't need to do anything. Don't put in any effort because your pennies is what has secured honor for you. Pennies honor. God have mercy on me that I mentioned pennies in church. Forgive. <laughs> There, is, there must be reciprocity. The Lord said, I've changed my mind. When the Zana set in, it's very difficult to hold the center when a relationship is full of contempt. It's difficult to hold the center. And the Zana makes people very reactional than rational. Yeah, yeah. It is called the tipping point. 
when you dishonor people, they become very reactional. When you are saying something, they are not even hearing you. Because you dishonor them so much that they are not hearing you. They, you will not end your statement. They have already reacted. They become prejudiced. Because you have dishonored them to a point that they don't even believe what you are saying. So when you are even speaking, they don't make sense of what you are saying. They lose their rationality. Because you have been dishonoring them for a very long time. Are you here at all? And that puts them at a tipping point. So for marriage to last, partners need to honor one another. And if you are a partner, that's what I'm saying that. The Lord said, they that honor me, I will honor them. Even he, in a superior position of relationship, you know, in a relationship with us, he being in that superior position, he says, you honor me, I will honor you. You dishonor me, I will dishonor you. That's a, Anna doesn't have respect for positions. If you honor God, he is not, the Bible says that, he is not, he's not partial. If you honor me, I honor you. Odoko baby, Odofirba. You know me so? Yeah, yeah. You honor me, I honor you. You dishonor me, I dishonor you. There is reciprocity in honor. Anybody you want, you want to draw honor from, you must be honoring them. You can't demand honor when you don't supply honor. You must be supplying, you must make input of honor. To receive an output of honor is garbage in, garbage out. You dishonor someone at some point in time, no matter who you are, they will dishonor you. They will dishonor you if you are a boss. Yes. You go and touch the breast of the lady, at some point she will slap you. But until your hands were clean, the lady never thought of slap. But in, you see, people have automated, that's what I'm saying, that dishonor is very reactional. They, they have automated mechanism in their head that any man I've not married who touches my breast gets a slap. So they slap you before they remember you are the bishop. Before they remember you are the CEO. Very rational. You dishonor me, I can even lose my job on it. Are you here at all? You touch my butt, pow! Like, oh! Straight away. It's an involuntary action. But if you are talking to the person, wow, I, you are beautiful. You say, thank you. Compliment well received. Reciprocity. And we don't have this mindset in starting relationships, building a marriage, and we think that that <laughs> When I see my I feel some way. <laughs> that feeling, I bet Oh, I bet It will go. After a while, you realize that the love you have for yourselves is not what will keep you in the home, in the marriage. You see that the honor you give to yourselves is what will make you stay. That's why you see that somebody will be married to someone and then one of them is sick. And the other doesn't care. 
Because now that you got sick, you have brought your sick body. That who should care about your sick body? When your body was healthy, they were for strangers. You will not even stay in the house. We can't even talk to you. An absentee father, absentee husband. You dishonored this woman or this man. Oh, now that your sick body is here, who should care for it? Who is your carer? What have you put in there as capital in this relationship that in the time of adversity you want to be honored? And that's why your title will not save your marriage. Brother, you can write boldly at the back of your Bible, evangelist. Or evangelist. It won't save you. Apostle. No, it won't work. You need to go down there and do the deal. Anna, are you here? That's one of the major keys to a lasting marriage. Stop talking about love. 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 Love is just for today. <laughs> love is just for what? Love is just for today. A better says here. What refuels love is Anna. What drains love is this Anna. No matter how someone loves you, you keep dishonoring them, they'll start taking a step backwards. Is it true or false? That's why you see somebody will just wake up and in a very civil way, he said, I think this relationship is not working. Not because I don't have love. I think it's not working. When he says it's not working, what do you think is the meaning of it? <laughs> because relationship don't work until you work it out. And it won't work just because we love ourselves. That's in a state of inertia. Where is the extra force? That extra force can either be Anna or Desana. And what you apply as an extra force will determine the kind of movement and the direction. If the force is negative, it's going to scatter. If it's positive, it's going to work. So what intervention are you giving to your relationship? <laughs> is it an honorable intervention? Or is it a, a dishonorable one? Brother, you got to look at my face. I just saved your life, brother. Your penis cannot save you. Some people cry they didn't circumcise them. Some cultures, they don't even circumcise. The beauty of the circumcision is nothing. It's not whether by a ring or by a knife or by whatever. Stop thinking you're a man. Because of that, a real man must honor a woman. A real woman must honor a man. For marriage to last, there must be honor. There must be what? Yeah. You can't share a woman. You can't share a woman. 
Yeah. There are ladies here, if they are boyfriend, I mean boyfriend as a friend who is a male, speaks to them, it makes more meaning to them. They put more value on it than their husband. And sometimes, what the husband is saying is really not different from what their friend is saying. But they just decided that this is a foolish man. Maybe because he doesn't have money per time, per the time, or something. So after a while, okay, if I'm living with a woman who is always does that, 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 chale, chale. Same with men. Same with women. I say you have to give the person an offering. Whoever asks you to come to church today needs an offering from you. And when you dishonor your partner, you work against yourself. <laughs> Brother, there are people here, they are not married because of their dishonor. Someone saw you dishonoring somewhere. And that is what took away their interest from you. Or you were in a relationship that was going to work until you started manifesting. Then they just said, okay, oh. I've seen what I have to see. Then she see that the person took the baton and away. Yes. Anna. You miss it, you miss your life. Eli, Eli's lineage missed their blessing because of this Anna. They became beggars. God told them you'll be priests, but you'll be begging. And so many generations, they were still priests, but they were going into the temple to beg for bread. Because of this honor. Because they stole God's food. Yes, the part of the sacrifice for God. That's, that's why the, the sons were eating it with impunity. Yes, and eating the women on top. One pastor in a church that I know, a bishop's daughter, that like church girl, the, the guy was a pastor he's in another branch or something like that. And this is a very senior bishop's branch. Was trying to go out with this lady and wanted to sleep with the lady. And the lady went to tell the bishop who is the, the shepherd. And then he called the guy. He called the guy. He took the guy's hand. He said, touch my penis. Do you think I'm an Enoch? You want to eat my daughter? Am I an Enoch that I can't eat her myself? The pastor who is raising people's children, he has not abused any. You know, pastor on the way, you see them as buffet. You have not even gotten to bishop level. I started eating everywhere. You, you think I can't eat? You must be mad. You're a joker. That's the sign. That's how that pastor was sucked from that church. Yeah. He's no longer a pastor. He has struggled to pastor ever since. 
Yes. I'm saying when you are dishonoring eh, someone, you are actually dishonoring yourself. Please. Put your best foot forward in Anna. Anna. When people are not performing, you honor them. Eh? If they are good people, they will start performing. Except the person is not a good person. You see that somebody is so angry about something. Then he sees somebody who has honored them before. Come to talk about, about, about the matter. And then all of a sudden they change their position. Because that person honored them before. So they have to another person what back. Are you here? I think at this point I need to stop the preaching. We have already gone far. Please rise. <laughs> Please. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244 177 831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus Bethany Ministry.